Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Yes, we're live. Hey! <laughs> uh, I think we're live, Steve. Let's, uh, it's, we have a confirmation on here. I believe we've got some viewers. Let's have a little look. If you have just joined us, do um, give us a hello. Uh, oh, we got uh, who we got on here? We got Stuart. Um, we got Veronica. Let's have a look. We got Jim. Uh, who else have we got here? Um, let's have a look. If you have joined us, guys, do give us a thumbs up. Give us a little howdy, as Jane says, or afternoon, as Amanda says, or hello, as Lord James says. Um, yeah, you Lord might have. Lord James, yeah, he, oh. uh, he he is officially a lord. What a privilege! Especially when he was on Island Peak. <laughs> uh, Mick, of course, Mick is here. Mick, I hope the legs are recovered, mate. After Tubcal, wonderful pictures. It was great, yeah. Um, Mick uh, summited Tubcal uh, just over a week and a half ago. Oh, awesome! I know, yeah. Me and Steve are going out there in what is it, Steve? Like three weeks? Two and a half, three weeks, yeah. Two and a half. Finally, weeks. finally, after. after many many organizers <laughs> crazy isn't it i know oh here we go right we've got some people join us now great stuff we got jim we got paula spencer andrew spencer we got magda great stuff well look thanks for for joining us today guys um now as you can see steve uh, um sorry dave has actually uh grown some hair uh, he's got rid of his tattoos um and he's actually tidied up his beard and this is the result uh this <laughs> is, it, is it a good improvement i'd love to know uh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> definitely is Definitely is. No, no, no. Only joking, of course. Uh, Dave is uh, literally minutes before we come on here. I'm not sure if he's trying to rub it in, but um, he's literally sending us some pictures. Look at look at Dave there. Does he look really happy on his snowboard? Look at that. He looks he looks very happy, doesn't he? He looks like um, he'd rather be here, I reckon. He does look like he'd rather be here. There he is. Um, this hopefully, um, as I put in the, if anyone's seen the email or anything, um, yeah, we uh, do sort of send him a message. Hashtag pray for Dave's knee, um, just so we can <laughs> make sure he comes back with, with both knees in, intact. Because, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's clearly enjoying himself. But look after the knee. <laughs> um, but now, Steve, thanks for joining us today, mate. Thanks for having me. I, I was beginning to think you preferred me behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 mate. I, I love you in front of a, a camera. You've got the best beard, mate. So, you know, I, I obviously want you in front of a camera. <laughs> Um, especially with Zach as well. I think Zach's on the live as well, isn't he? Oh, he better uh, be. I think he literally is. Zach is uh, is also part of the video. Team. The adventure officials works with camp. Steve. He is. Yeah, there he is. Zach is on here. Zach is coming to Tubecal as well. So yeah, he's very excited. Um, yeah, okay. Hey, Diane. Hey, Amy. Awesome. Leah as well, yep. all the way from Australia. Leah, I have nice. to give a shout out to Leah. She. Um, it was Lauren's birthday. Um, she's gonna kill me now. I think it was last week. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but Leah got a little video made, um, and Lauren loved it. I have to be honest, uh, Steve. I don't know if you've seen it. It was someone singing "Happy Birthday" to Lauren, um, all the way from Australia, um, courtesy of Leah. Um, I, I I can't remember the person's name, but I think she's relatively famous. Um, so yeah, thanks, Leah, for sorting that out, mate. She not, did not love famous it. enough for you to remember. No. <laughs> nice. I know I am rubbish remembering uh, <laughs> names. Um, but right, yeah, today's Tuesday tune in there. So yeah, a little bit different. It's taken me two years to get Steve on this live. 
Um, Steve, we were almost there. What was it? Probably over twelve months ago. But you were on a sailing boat, right? Yeah, I was. I was on the front of a yacht, and it was too windy, and no one could hear anything. But <laughs> that makes me sound really grand. By the way, I don't spend all my time on yachts. It's. It was. Yes, you do. Don't don't show up. It's. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a yacht. Whatever. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, no, Steve has got a passion for the water. Um, as well as for the mountains, uh, of course. Yeah, I can see that. What have you got in the background there? What's the point? Oh, my hand's missing, isn't it? I was going to say, your hand's slightly missing, yeah. What's there. up there, Steve? Is that a... those, are my, those are my sails for my for our, oh, um, our nice. dinghies. Okay. We've not sailed for two years because of oh, mate. children. Well, We've we got to get, we get, get on that soon, haven't we? For sure. Um, I know you've been trying to drag me out as well. But look, yeah, no, thanks for coming on today, mate. I really appreciate it. And um, When I was chatting with Steve about what to kind of chat about today because steve's you know he's, he's been to everest base camp he's summited kilimanjaro you know he's got a lot of experience um, at altitude and, and all that happens at altitude um and i think steve you have admit as well you got a bit of a love-hate relationship with um, altitude right uh, <laughs> over yeah, the years I love, I love it it hates me That's <laughs> uh, great stuff mate great stuff no but um but steve um is obviously you know part of the Evertrek team as well uh, through adventure visuals and it was creating a lot of our video content. You know, some of the, if you've seen any of our videos that, that look good <laughs> instead of mine, <laughs> um, they're uh, because of Steve and Zach. Um, and yeah, so, and having, you know, been on the trip, Steve, and used your cameras and used your equipment is something we haven't really talked about before, which is like how to, you know, one, well, there's lot, loads of questions that comes to mind, but, you know, things like how do you care for the equipment? You know, is it worth bringing a bunch of lenses or not? You know, yeah. in, for people who are interested in that kind of stuff, because especially on the on the on the photography side as well as the video side, um, you know. So I thought, yeah, it'd be be great to talk about that today. Yeah, yeah. I think lens choice is a really interesting conversation um, because I, I, I questions just come in. Um, okay. Someone's someone said I'm taking my Nikon DSLR to EVC. Uh, I may use an eighteen to fifty five uh are there any other lenses so so basically like mm. there, there are three different sort of focal lengths i suppose um yeah. and it, it kind of depends on what you're most interested in taking photos of like obviously on ebc killy all, all the trips you, you could possibly think of you're going to want a lot of landscapes and and like you know you capture the beautiful scenery and stuff like that so for that like an 18 mil lens 20 mil lens 24 mil lens like a on the wider end that's really good Okay. Um, because you can capture that kind of broad landscape and things like that. Um, so, so if you want landscapes, you need to make sure you've got the sort of lower end of the millimeter spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, 18 mil is great. Uh, that's really nice and wide. Um, and then when you come into, if you want to get some nice shots of people, um, yeah. looking at the sort of 35 to 50 mil, is a really good sort of person perspective lens. So yeah, without getting too technical, the more you zoom in, the more the background is compressed and um, yeah. sort of like distorted and stuff like that. So um, between 35 and sort of 50 mil is a very similar look to how we perceive people. So it's like yeah. the most realistic way to capture someone's face is, is in that focal range. So that's all good. So you, you can get, most of what you would want to capture with that 18 to 55 mil lens the only drawback you'd have is that you don't have the kind of um 
the zoom range to capture like wildlife yeah. and stuff like that now it, it depends how interested in wildlife you are and also actually you basically most of the wildlife is yaks and dogs <laughs> um, you don't really see Many much trackers, right? kind of, <laughs> you don't see much other stuff like um yeah. i think we saw uh we, we were lucky enough to see a deer weren't we uh, right, deer. It was yeah really, yeah really, really very close away. Yeah. and it was really close um but that was completely unexpected and we didn't we didn't yeah. know you know the, the, so it's just you know so i this is a really long-winded answer to your question um <laughs> it's all good Steve. the short answer is no i think you should be all good actually with an yeah, 18 yeah. to 55 because th those are the two main things you want to capture the people and you want to capture the landscapes right capture the experience yeah. um if you really want some uh wildlife and you want to have a longer lens just just in case yeah. um you know this all the kind of 70 to 200 range lenses um those are really good we were talking earlier about um my brand new lens which i do want to get I was out say, because I'm wow your big lens can you get your big lens out this is photography mainly <laughs> um but this is 150 to 500 so that's like specifically wow. a wildlife lens yeah um, but i don't think i take that because it's really heavy now you've got to think of weight as well <laughs> yeah um, and stuff like that so um yeah talking about weight steve i know we we were we were touching upon it because i think we had a question we may as well dive straight into that um uh, because we had some questions i think it was from andrew andrew coran um and this dropped it on the email practicing getting my kit under 15 kgs for the Lukla flight is it practical permitted to wear my town jacket and fill pockets from power bank and camera um, oh that's yeah that's the one because i think when you said that earlier i didn't realize it was specifically for the Lukla flight ah so, so you're thinking about killy as well 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 no no i, I think so when so we were talking about this story of james oh yeah he, yeah, yeah he yeah. had his yeah. um he had his proper photography jacket on like it's the sort of photojournalist jacket and it's got yeah huge pockets dotted <laughs> all over it on the back there's like two massive pockets all yeah. over it and he basically just took all of his photography equipment put lenses in the pockets put all his camera bodies in he had a load of batteries and just filled his entire jacket um but but that didn't count got it through didn't luggage. he yeah yes but if it was in his luggage he probably would have been over with the yeah, look yeah, of the flight, so. I think that's different, though, isn't it? Because they weigh the person as well as the bag. They don't all. No, they rarely, very oh, rarely. Okay. Um, I've to be honest, it's it's kind of one of the things I always say. You know, because you want to, you want to aim fifteen kgs, you know, for the benefit of the porters as well. But sometimes the airlines can be relatively strict. Like I've had a bag that's uh, mine because I had quite a lot of camera gear and tripod and and all. You know, clearly packed too way too much. I think mine was twenty three kgs um and it got through i think uh, in the end it cost me it, at, at the time um and i think this is this is it's very similar i mean things can change on a daily basis in the pool so you know it can change but i think i paid about a pound a kilo over 15 kg so it wasn't much because i needed it and it, if you want to bring it you need to take it but you know we, we always say 15 kgs because it's it's the airlines that sometimes and this has happened before they've actually because the airplane's too heavy they have taken off a bag and it, it's it's then going to follow on the next flight, and the and the dif difficulty was that is that the weather can change very quickly in Lukla in the area, Steve, as you know, and you know one plane can get there, the next one could arrive three hours later, could arrive the next day, 
you know, because of the the change in weather. So it's something to think about. Is that you, you know you want to aim for that fifteen kgs if you can, and then yeah. just stuff the stuff in your pockets. Everyone does it. Everyone does it, and I, I think yeah. it's probably a good way around it if you really want to bring a couple of extra lenses. You know? My 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 take on that though is that like I think the reason they've got that in the first place is is for safety reasons. You know, yeah, that, that, that flight is exciting, um, and oh, yeah. so trying to kind of flout the rules, yeah, fine, but. It's there for a reason. I know, I know. For me, I'm on the most like safety conscious end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like I, I always wait till the green man flashes when I roads, you know, when I'm crossing the road. That that's just what I'm like. So I can't I think like that. But um I think honestly, I think with this, like yeah, the amount of times I think it's not gonna it's not gonna cause any issues. Um yeah. you know, the amount of people just because they like seeing so many so many flights happen and you know with the people and 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 you know there's all shapes and sizes on the flight i don't think yeah there's any any there's no danger with that i think uh, because it's, steve it's good to think like that though because yeah, you know yeah you you know it's a it's a mad place to fly but it's certainly amazing when you land isn't it i love i love the feeling when people land and everyone starts clapping because yeah we're alive yeah. <laughs> um which is always it's always a bonus really you know yeah um, <laughs> yeah. To land there, well, jokes aside, but um, yeah, you wouldn't let professionalism. Uh, if Dave was here, he wouldn't. He'd say he wouldn't let professionalism get in the way of a good joke. And I'm like, all right. I don't know why I got the inner Dave coming out here. There's a he's a bad influence. <clears throat> um, but yeah, good point. And I think just just something else to cover, Steve, because around lenses and stuff like that, is that the weather? Because I know, like you brought your your cleaning kit and stuff, didn't you? Because there was a lot of dust, especially uh, yeah. when we went, which was in November time. Um, you know, the, the the roads were quite, and not the roads, the the trails were quite dusty. Um, is it is it detrimental to bring too many lenses? Because if you're constantly changing, there's going to be dust in some of the lenses. Yeah. So um, I think someone, um, someone asked about the twenty four seventy. So on both, yeah, yeah, on, on the Killy and the Ever Space Camp track um i've basically spent the entire trip and this is for filming but actually yeah most of the, if i took any photos i used this too for all the filming i did um i did i just used 24 70. um nice so so actually for me whilst actually trekking i don't change lenses if okay i do it would be it would either be at like a, a break stop so maybe if i'm indoors or if i've got shelter yeah, yeah. i'll do it yeah, um, but it, you're right like you've got to you've got to take care of the sensor and stuff because as soon as you get dust or like grit or anything like that on the sensor it could scratch yeah. it or you could just have you know a big blotch on your on your photos when you get back and that would be really annoying um but it's yeah avoid changing lenses if you can but if you do change lenses just do it in a sensible way keep the lenses yeah in your camera bag or your your bag and do it with people around you or like block off if there's if there's wind just make sure you use a jacket to block it off or something like that just yeah think about it a bit and don't just jump straight into changing lenses i know it could be tempting to be like oh i need to capture this and, i know i've done it i've um, done it and i've got you know you look at it then you've got some specs in the kind of lens yeah. or even on on the, the sensor which is like oh, balls and the sensor is yeah. the worst because it's you don't yeah. always notice on the tiny screen of your camera but then when you get yeah. home you've got to do all this like dust removal and stuff and it's, it's it is a pain it takes ages um yeah, yeah. but to capture most stuff for 24 to 70 would be great 
Um, yeah, yeah. I think someone asked about that actually. Um, yeah, think, so uh, they, yeah, they did. Um, I think it was Julian asked. Twenty-four yeah. to seventy cover most of the range. I think you know what that's that's a, that's a that's a solid range, isn't it? It is. Um, I think for most people they'd be thinking of, of photography, really, wouldn't they? So twenty-four yeah. seventy is a great range. Um, and yeah, don't don't change lenses if you don't need to. You know, um, yeah. like I saw that just because you've got it doesn't mean you should you should have it. Um, <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. With um, because I was thinking back, a recent trip. Um, I, I know we were chatting before around. Uh, I was over in Iceland a couple of weeks ago, um, and we had some nuts weather. And some of the you know the photographers who were, they were really good photographers. I was you know I was learning a lot. Hmm. Um, but they had quite good. You know, they had completely different. Like I had my um, my normal trekking backpack on. You know. Um, not the best place for cameras if i'm honest like you i, I, I know you're a big you, your bag has got sections yeah things like that like would you if someone's really into photography then steve would you would you say get one of them to obviously you can carry snacks and stuff but at least you've got compartments for the lenses would you would you take one of those on a track you know as, as a, a normally uh yeah because so the, the bag i've got which yeah. is the low pro low pro whistler 350 yeah. Um, it's got all the compartments. It's really modular, so you can take some of the compartments out and you can kind of change the layout of it depending on what kit you've got, which is really good. Um, but also, there's loads of room for sort of like layers, uh, water. Um, you know, it's got yeah. space. And also, like I mean, I, I spend most of the time with my camera out of the bag. So at the beginning of the day, I've got a bunch of um, space where i can put a down jacket or i can put snacks um and it's just about managing that space really well um i wouldn't i wouldn't ever put camera stuff in a hiking bag like i just yeah <laughs> i know i know it, it's, it's yeah, I've, I've learned the hard way with that yeah um so so definitely like a proper proper camera bag um yeah. like a backpack one um is great the, the whistler 350 is good because it means the the zip into the main compartment is on the, the back side of it yeah so i mean that's good for if you're in like tourist tourism sort of place and yeah, there might yeah. be people looking to snatch they can't get into the main compartment from there because it's on your back yeah so it's a good on your back. but also right. like when you when you put your bag down uh to get something out if the zip's on the front you're putting the bit on your back on the wet ground for example potentially yeah. or you know so it's just a bit like that yeah um, see, look at zach he is on it he's like yeah low whistler 350 he is on it today nice yeah. one zach um, um i saw it sorry steve yeah for a few comments just because i know we talked a lot around like obviously the technical gear um you know dslrs <clears throat> you know quite quite decent camera range but i know a lot of people have taken their iphones maybe gopros yeah. as well but yeah. they like they there's a lot of value to that, isn't it? Because I know that, especially nowadays with the phones, you don't necessarily need a, a DSLR unless you're, you know, unless you're into it and you want to edit it afterwards properly and you want to blow it up, you know, image-wise. An iPhone or a GoPro is fine, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for iPhones, it, I mean, depending on what, yeah, what model you've got, but yeah, I mean, it's phenomenal quality you get, and and actually the the sort of pixel count of, of phones and stuff yeah. is quite it's quite good now i wouldn't necessarily blow it up 
like massive to the size of the pictures you got behind me behind you but like you know just for for keepsakes and and stuff like that and if you're not seriously into photography but you want some nice looking images of course the phones the phone's going to be great because they've got that wide angle um and actually it's 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 not necessarily about the the quality or the size of the image most of it is to do with the composition of the image um okay so if you're not sure whether to buy like if you're like i want to take some nice photos but i don't want to buy a camera or you're thinking about buying a camera etc you could do that or yeah you could look up youtube on and learn a bit of photography skills and and use your iphone to uh do it to capture the photos which is perfectly good quality but it's all about the composition so yeah it doesn't it's um it's interesting i was, I was watching some videos um from a guy what was his name sorry i'm literally going to find this guy's name now because i was watching it yesterday and i actually really 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 enjoyed it um is it ted lage is an american guy and he was it was all about composition um now yeah i'm probably geeking out now because yeah he's clearly a, a good photographer but even the way he does it and you know don't want to go too deep into that you know i think that's mm. another one but um could be a, a completely live on it altogether but around composition he literally says that you can walk up to a an area and just take a picture and then kind of get down low and see where the composition is and then just look at what you've taken and think about how you build it from there you know with a foreground not having too many straight lines because it gets a bit boring but you know just just from an artistic point of view but i think yeah just from a when you're on a trip you know and you know if you want to um you know obviously get some pictures framed and stuff like that there, there's certainly a lot of opportunities to get some good compositions mm. on killy on, on Everest space camp i'd say more so more so because yeah. of the different like it's it's just so changeable isn't it the landscape yeah. right? in terms of where you go from the trees to the glacial valleys then when you're actually on the glaciers and you've got the moraine yeah. um and then you've got obviously the, the the peaks and the actual shape of the peaks as well yeah like it creates a lot of interest doesn't it in terms of where, where, where you're going with it yeah i mean two two quick tips for composition right yeah um one think about your foreground your middle ground and your background yeah so like so you just think about the, the 3d space of it almost so you want something interesting in the foreground and then for it to sort of push back so you can use like uh, there might be a track like quite often there's a track going down into the distance and that kind of leads your eye through the through the image that could be a thing also um with landscapes you've got the the thirds of the the lower third and then the upper third and then you've got three horizontals going across yeah just yeah. frame stuff in in those sort of three thirds and nice. it's you know it's a way you can get some nicer kind of um compositions i mean <laughs> it's a lot more in depth than that you know you, um i don't think we're here to teach photography but that's you know <laughs> you can think about that. mate this is wicked um, this is wicked oh, i hope uh, i know some of the ever trekkers will love it it's actually i'm looking at some of the comments we've got some people actually on treks as well i think chris is in dingboche dodgy internet here in dingboche <laughs> awesome here guys chris i hope you're doing um, well i hope you and the team are doing well uh if you're in dingboche i take it you've got probably what we're looking at yeah another couple of days to um to base camp so good luck chris dingboche steve love that place didn't we which one's that that was where <laughs> we, we said, was it all a blur was, <laughs> the, 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 yeah what happened so that was where we remember it was a climatization day so we spent two days there yeah, yeah. and we did some of the interviews um sort of lower down yeah and then we had remember we had the milky way as well we took some photos of that 
Yeah, that was awesome. Which is a good point. Is we had some good Astro out there, right? Good, really yeah. good Astro stuff. You know, if, if you're into that. Um, I just want to, before we move on from GoPros and stuff. Yeah, 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 sure. I, I would think, I would say that for photography, yeah, the, the kind of like the smartphone stuff is going to be better and actually kind of, okay. I think that it's just going to be easier and more convenient to just get your phone out and take a quick snap than it is to get a GoPro and sort of change some settings and things like that. Um, so if you're looking looking at specifically photography, but you're not having a DSLR, I'd yeah. go with a, a smartphone. But if you want to do some kind of like video diary update type things, the GoPro is just like <clears> the <throat> easiest thing you can do because you just set it up for you know get the settings right for um like the frame rate your um iso and everything like that yeah and, nice. uh and it's kind of set then for most of the trip because it yeah as long as you get the exposure right not much is really going to change with the gopro okay. um so yeah i think nice. for video the gopro would be good if it's if you're just having one thing um and especially the gopro isn't it the, like a lot of our content we use in the videos actually quite a lot of that quite a lot of them are gopro videos right yeah, but that's not going to be the case from now on. Because <laughs> of that big camera, is it? <laughs> we, I, I, yeah, for our next trip, I'm sort of I'm changing the way I do things. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Steve's come with us to um, uh, to TubeCal, so yeah, we're going to create some awesome content for that. We can't wait. Um, it's just going to be nice to get out there. We've been wanting to get out there for considerable amount of time, haven't we, Steve? But yeah, so it's about time now. And we're really excited, and then. So a little bit of a tease, really. We've we've we're not we're not far away, and and as you know, this is um, uh, to to all the ever trackers here. This is a little bit of a tease, but it's not sorted yet. There's no trips on the website. Um, this is a, a, a soon thing. Um, but yeah, we've 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 sort of teamed up with some re a really good team in Iceland now. Um, after my trip over there a couple of weeks ago, we've had some follow up calls, and I'm really excited. We've got some really cool trips over there that I can't wait to put out there. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping me and Steve will be able to get out there this year, get some good footage, Steve. Um, I'm still trying to persuade yeah, him. Awesome. If I can nab him away, we'll uh, we'll get some good good video footage of that. But yeah, we're really conscious of getting, you know, like we've done with Everest Base Camp, like we've done with Killy, you know, of getting more content, aren't we, Steve, of, of, of the trips that we do? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, it's a really good way of showing you guys what what to expect rather than sort of you know presenting yeah. it to you in uh like photo form or like text form you know that's useful but i think so you can actually emotionally live it i think it's really cool yeah um, and it's nice it's nice to hear that you guys watch it and uh you know it kind of helps you make informed decisions and stuff because that's my goal so exactly mate, exactly um diane's actually um whilst we're talking about <laughs> videos i don't know if you saw that steve i rewatched yeah, the I video yesterday I've just brought my Killy Trek forward yet. I noticed that, Diane. Um, uh, I love that you said it was on Summit Night, but if you if people ask you a bit further down the road if you do it again, uh, you say yes. Would you say it would be a terrible idea? It's a good one, Steve. What would you what would you say? It'd still um, be a terrible idea, or uh yeah, what would you say? A terrible idea doesn't necessarily mean that it shouldn't be done. <laughs> no. <Ooh>. Um <laughs> No, I, I no, it's not a terrible idea at all. Yeah, yeah. I think um, in the heat of the moment, I was just sort of had no desire to do anything like that ever again. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, you did really well. It was, I, you know, it was it was a tough tough trip, wasn't it? I like I personally, I'm not the sort of person who like chases the next extreme thing or, or wants to tick off like every every high summit or anything like that. Like, yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm I'm not that you know that I'm not that sort of person. Yeah. Um, so if someone said to me like, do you want to go and do Annapurna, for example, I'd probably say that's not for me. Yeah. So that so I've got a, I've got a limit basically, and and so um i you know i would probably go up i'd probably do killy again you know um now you know what it takes yeah um but I, i've got i've got a limit and so it, it depends yeah. on, on what your limit is really like i'm not gonna push myself for the for the sake of it um so yeah until i say steve what about this trip we need to go and record it and you'd be like how high is it andy <laughs> um, yeah yeah, it's, it's a bit higher than uh, the last one. A bit higher than Killy. Um, yeah, we'll have that conversation. Uh, I want that T-shirt. Jane, <laughs> uh, the caption. Terrible idea. One time. Brilliant. <laughs> Let us know where you saw it, Jane. That, that, that's yeah, brilliant. That's that, cool. That'd be a, that'd be a good one for you. <laughs> brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Well, look, we've um, I, I tell you what, we'll go through all the questions as well because I know we're, we're answering as we go, but we got. I got heaps as well. Um, Ali's on the comments today. Um, she sort of put a few in here. So, I'll, Steve, I'll, as we as we go down, mate, I'll, I'll kind of go through it. Some of them yeah. are obviously what we talked about, and I hope it's been useful if you're watching just about what we talked about today. Um, but any questions around this, do post them in the comments because uh, me and Steve can and can chat um, about this. Uh, just looking at uh, Mick, uh, will a, will a box brownie work above six thousand meters? Am I, what, am I being stupid? What is a box brownie, Steve? Um, I, I'm just going to assume that they've missed out the word of, and I would say that a box of brownies definitely would work about 6,000 metres. <laughs> I literally in fact, Google it. In fact, it's recommended. I don't know what a box brownie camera. is. It's a camera, apparently. Is it? Ooh, it is. Oh, wow. Old school. Old school camera. So it's a Kodak brownie. Wow. Mick. I wonder if that would work at 6,000 metres. I mean, it'd be worth researching that. I've got to be honest, don't have an answer. I'm not sure either, to be honest. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, there's also a, a cafe in Stratford-upon-Avon called Box Brownie Coffee, which, again, I doubt, would work above, I doubt would work for 6,000 metres. <laughs> um, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely use some research, research on that, Mick. I'm not sure, because it, it does look a bit old school. But you know what? If um, you look at some of those older expeditions... And some of the cameras they had that were probably very similar to that and you know they were fine um most of the time but yeah worth checking i know that when i i went to ever space camp april 2019 and there were we had a group of eight nine people from the us and some of them were into their photography and they had some old school film cameras um i don't know what ones they were but they used them and it was pretty cold that april um they were fine whether that it's, it's obviously above 6,000 meters. Um, I'd probably say you'd be fine on the trekking part of the trip, uh, trip, uh, trekking part of the trip, Mick. Um, but the, in the on summit night, Ooh. yeah, it might be um, a bit to carry. Looking at the size of it anyway, just just from the Google. Can you say that yeah. again, Andy? Trekking part of the trip, Mick. That sounded... uh, it's on the trekking part of the trip, Mick. I know and that is, that does sound. Maybe that, that should be a new. Like, that should be our new warm up right before the live. Yeah. Um, the trip, Mick. I was well, so actually, do you know what? That's mm. the whole kind of altitude and, and equipment thing is quite an interesting mm. 
yeah. thing. I don't know if you want to go into that yet or if you've got other questions. Um, yeah, there's um, there's a few more. I mean, I suppose we can touch on it. Yeah, with at altitude, I suppose, and, and, and the equipment, we've noticed, especially in the cold, batteries are the hardest thing, right? Yeah, I sleep with my batteries. They're, oh, okay. just, they're just so attractive. And um, no, no, but I, so I, I put at all times in the trip, I put my all my batteries inside a thick sock. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes like in, in, inside another thick sock. Um, and then on, to, to be honest, on both trips uh, we've done, uh, I then put that sock at night because that's obviously when the temperatures drop the most. I put that sock inside my sleeping bag somewhere just yeah. so that my, my body heat keeps it warm. Um, it, it can be a bit sort of, it's not that uncomfortable, but it's, you know, it's a bit weird, but it keeps your, um, it keeps your batteries nice and warm and it's the cold that saps the energy. Yeah. Um, so keeping them warm at night is, is really important. Oh, um, and just sort of, and the, and the cameras, you know, keeping the cameras, I was going to say about that box brownie, I yeah. think one of the things to be really careful of is that it just doesn't get too cold. Uh, so kind of keeping it wrapped up in something when you're not using it and stuff like that. Um, so that, that really helps. And then, during the day, I guess, keeping them in that sock, um, yeah. you know, um, and then just having a power bank that's powerful enough. Dave's like the king of power banks, isn't he? So he could, he could tell you more, but like um, a power bank I use, um, I've got like a two battery charger for my Sony cameras, um, which is powered by USB-C. So I can just plug USB-C into that and then plug yeah. that into my um, power bank and that keeps the batteries charged pretty much for the entire journey. Um, my new camera, the battery life is, I don't want to say laughable, but it's <laughs> not as good as I remember, just because it, of the really? processing and stuff that it's doing, yeah. So um, I think I'm going to be changing batteries a lot more than I used to. Yeah. Um, so, But yeah, it's just about keeping them charged, keeping them warm. Um, yeah, okay. And be a bit more, um, be a bit more diligent with letting the batteries actually sort of drain. So you know how that sort of you're supposed to let a, a battery drain entirely and then charge it back up fully right. for it to have best best battery life or, or yeah, sort yeah. of ex, you know extend the life of the battery. Yeah. Same with mobile phones and stuff like that. Uh, I think at, at the cold, it's it's even more important to kind of use the batteries efficiently. <laughs> um nice yeah so I I definitely some of the comments would, off, it, off the back i of would it. definitely would recommend anchor power banks for high altitude in the cold 100 sure hunt yeah definitely bhutan bingo <laughs> and he's fishing that's what it is he's fishing there he's fishing for us to say yeah. bingo bhutans and anchor put, power put your um <laughs> put your batteries in your mindles and uh and that's a pretty warm place actually after a day well after a day yeah <laughs> um it's, it's quite interesting. I just just some of the comments uh, coming through. I see Spud's on here. Doug, uh, Doug Smith's in here. Yep. See you in a couple of weeks, mate. Uh, Spud is coming to um, uh, to Cal with us. Uh, be great to see you, mate. It's been a long time. Pictures looked awesome from Saturday as well. He was on it up a couple of Monroes. Sound like a beast yeah. of the day. Um, but brilliant. Yeah. Some good comments though. Just just about. Does the cold? Uh, Paul Dewhurst has asked. Uh, does the cold flatten the battery? Or when it warms up, will it recover? It's a good question, actually. I, 
it, it retains the energy, does it? So Paul was saying, does the cold actually flatten it? So empty the battery, or does when it warms back up, will it actually recover the charge? Essentially, huh. have you had that before? That's an interesting question. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it goes away or is it still there? Just no, I, I, I don't want to answer that sort of like categorically because I don't I don't actually know. But I would have thought that it's it loses the energy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Would, I, I can't see a situation where it would regain charge. Yeah. It um, seems you never know, do you? Because I've had a phone that is really like, um, and I've it's been freezing, and I can see that it's just it switched off because it was so cold. Hmm. And then an hour later, when you know it was a bit warmer, it was still there. You never know. Yeah. It could. I well, so that could be the way. Yeah, I don't I don't exactly know how. How, yeah, yeah. how the physics of that works but yeah it could well be that it almost i feel like we need to do a test mm, we, we need should. to do a test on the next trip don't we can it survive can these battery packs survive the cold and come back to life um yeah, yeah some great questions i'm just going through here um let's have a little look at iphone yeah iphones are great just going through um uh, rebecca i know she's very interested in capturing wildlife mainly landscaping people. I know there's <laughs> typical of Bry talking about weight. I think I've put on a couple of pounds. Love it, Bry. Um, he, he, he runs marathons. You don't, you don't put that much weight on. <laughs> um, some more people on trips as well. I think we had Steve Hobson, who is uh, on a hill, uh, Bahodanda, Nepal, um, on the Annapurna circuit. Awesome, Steve. Have a great time, mate. Um, and then just, this is actually pretty good. Just looking at you know, you know, cameras that are kind of um, obviously not DSLRs, but they're kind of all in one cameras. Um, yeah, a place as well, right? On these trips, you know, in, in terms of taking them from a weight perspective, because they're relatively lighter, but you can still get good pics from them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, there's it's yeah, there, I think it's too it's easy yeah. to get kind of bogged down in, in kit. Yeah. in terms of you know having the best thing or like what's the best for this but um <laughs> as long as you like as long as you know how the camera works and you know how to get the best image from it i.e like as long as you know how to expose your image properly yeah on, on that on whatever camera it is you've got and that just comes through understanding the, the modes on it and looking at the manual and just knowing what aperture priority mode is and shutter priority mode is and stuff like that which you can get from a manual yeah um, or you know as long as you understand how to expose an image and um frame an image it doesn't really matter what you have <laughs> almost okay. um yeah, yeah. I, I there's a there's a video um on this thing called youtube which um which has got it's it's a guy Brilliant. who's like a professional videographer okay who is going up against a person who's like brand new to videography the person who's brand new to videography is using a fifty thousand dollar camera and the person right. who's got 10 years experience as a videographer is using like a 500 pound point and shoot type camera yeah yeah uh, and, and they're compared and at the end of it so they both go out and they both got the same subject matter and they go out and they compare the videos they've created and the editing and all that stuff uh and as you would expect the person with the more experience and the more knowledge ends up with a better film even though yeah, he's yeah. using a camera that's 10 10 100 times cheaper yeah, yeah so with all of this like learn 
if you want good photos, learn the craft. If you just want photos yeah. to remember the trip, point and shoot is absolutely fantastic because you've got a nice quality camera. Um, yeah. Whether I'd have that as well as a half decent mobile phone, I don't know because the images from a mobile phone are so good. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so especially you, with what, especially these days, right? The, 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 the set, even the sensors on the phone are really good, right? Yeah, and I mean, I'm not in a great position because I've not actually used a point and shoot camera for years and years and years and years. Yeah. So I don't know what the most recent releases of a point and shoot camera are, um, but if if you don't have one, I wouldn't go out and buy one if you've got an iPhone or a Samsung S21 Ultra sort of thing. Um, so, like Dave, he loves like his, he loves his Samsungs. Um, <laughs> but nice. Yeah, it depends on how involved you want to get with the photos, I suppose. Okay, so I'm just going through some more of the comments now. I know Andrew mentioned uh, keep your camera warm. Camera froze solid on the top of Gokyo Re. Jeez, man, that's yeah. The button would not push in, the lens were not moving around. Yeah, it is one of the things, isn't it? That's that's one of the biggest challenges on these trips is is looking after your gear, isn't it? And making sure that it's okay. Whatever you take could be could be a phone, um, you know. But you you do want these pictures. It's like um, I think I think Andy McNaughton Jones mentioned he was on the summit Achille and he wanted, you know, you want those pictures. I mean, obviously, the, the way up is, is so hard, especially on Killy. You know, it takes several hours, eight hours sometimes to reach the summit ridge, you know, when you're in darkness. But that moment that you, the sun starts to rise and then, you know, you want to capture that moment. I suppose sometimes you've got to sacrifice maybe using your equipment in certain moments to save it for the, the, the you know, the important moments that you want to capture. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes yeah. that, that might, it might have to, there's a, there's a trade-off there sometimes. Um I think I've had to do that a couple of times with my phone just in the UK, you know, it being cold and I'm like, right, I know I want that picture. So I'm going to keep it for the next two hours and I'm not going to get it out because I need that battery life, mm. you know, and, and obviously, you know, if you are training as well, I mean, I know we're talking about high altitude, but I think if you're out on a, you know, cause there's a lot of people here out, you know, in the peak district, um, you know, with the escapees, I know they're all out in the peak district. You've got people in Scotland, you've got people in North Wales, Lake District, or anywhere you go hiking. You know, if you're using sort of tech as your as your navigation tool, you know, and you want more than one navigation tool, battery then becomes really important. So even sacrificing pictures yeah. to make sure you've got the navigation, <laughs> if that's how you're using it or using a smartwatch or whatever. Yeah. Certainly be conscious of. I remember chatting to um uh, mountain guide Steve uh, in uh, in North Wales, uh, who, who does our winter skills and um, who's coming down actually to join us on our training weekend um, uh, this August, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, kind of uh, getting Steve involved down here as well in Brecon Beacons, um, as well as, as us. And even he was saying about that, like, make sure you've got some backup. Like, he always carries a power bank as well now, um, just because things are moving on. You know, he's old school map and compass. You know, I like using Map and Compass. Steve, I know you do as well when you're out. You know, it's, you know, from a navigation point of view, it's good to have a couple of methods of knowing where you are and how to get out of that situation. Yeah, uh, a, a proper paper map's never going to run out of battery. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You can use it as well. If it gets warm, you could turn it, you can rip it up, and it's a fire. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I'm I got sure off my, a tangent. I'm not sure my wife would appreciate me ripping up one of her maps, but I know. Yeah, she wouldn't be very happy, Alan, would she? Um, sorry, just while we're talking about training weekends, because uh, and, uh, at the moment, um, just all the I know a lot of people on here who have booked on trips already. A lot of you guys have actually been on training weekends already. Um, you know, and it's it is a great weekend. It's uh, you know, obviously meet me, Dave, um, Steve sometimes joins us on training weekends. Um, and they're very valuable in terms of prepping for a trip. Uh, we got one in um, in August. Ali, if you're on the comments, we can put the link in. We do have, um, at the moment, because we, we've looked at um, some of the, the things for that weekend, we want to make it as big as we can. Um, but at the moment, uh, up until the end of April, we are doing uh, an early bird price for it. So definitely get yourself booked in. I think it's £295. I think it's going up £100. So if you do book on to the training weekend in August... Do it before the end of April because obviously there's a little bit of a price increase for it. Um, so any ever trackers on the live, uh, do get yourself booked in. It'd be lovely to meet you. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, Ali's popped it in there, so he's got the training weekend. Um, yeah, we got lots of ever trackers. We've been on these training weekends. Always great to meet people, and we don't always get the chance, you know, because of the nature of the way we run trips, and especially the last two years with COVID, we haven't had a chance to to meet everyone that goes on trips. Um, you know, we would love to meet. And, and chat about your trip and get you ready. Um, we, <laughs> I went on a training trip. We have a trip once without Andy. I know. Yeah, that was the weekend I came. I was ill on the way back from Tanzania. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. Sorry, to, I didn't get to meet you, Paul, but we will. Um, we will soon. And George, um, sign up for training weekend on payday. No worries, mate. Um, yeah, it'd be great to see you on that training weekend. Um, Bryce, Steve, we've got about another sort of 10 minutes or so, I reckon. Um, so I know we've got a few more questions. Um, this is, uh, I think Ali's mentioned this. Steve, what do you think in mirrorless cameras, just in general? This is a mirrorless camera. Ah, really? Ah, is that why uh, so the body's quite small, isn't it? Yeah. Um, ah, okay. Well, I mean, in relation to this. this <laughs> to the lens, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this, we, we, we use only mirrorless cameras, actually. Okay. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not particularly, like... Um, I'm not particularly geeky when it comes to tech and stuff like that, so I couldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I couldn't comment on sort of the differences between an SLR and a, a yeah, um, a mirrorless, except for the fact that being mirrorless, it's got um, fewer moving parts because it's not got mirrors and stuff like that to capture the image. Um, <clears throat> so that could be a bonus at altitude, I suppose, because less stuff yeah. to, to freeze up. Um, again like my my cameras they're all um they're all weatherproofed all my lenses and stuff are weatherproofed yeah. so i can use them in, in the snow and the rain and stuff like that it's really important to know whether or not your camera is um but yeah i mean it's just a really lovely small compact camera like a, a mirrorless slr is 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 great uh they generally do that the canon m50 is a fantastic one because it's it's so small okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's about five hundred pounds with a with a kit lens on it. Um, it's smaller than this, and it does some an amount of megapixels, which is acceptable. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I think mirrorless is, is definitely the way to go if you want like a, a small form factor, but still want the kind of functionality of a DSLR for sure. Nice, nice. I, I've never used a mirrorless camera. I, I will have to give it a go because I know 
um, we were chatting to James, who was with us, um, a good friend of, of mine and, and, and Steve's, who was on the Killy trip. And I know he had a mirrorless as well as his full frame beast of a camera. Um, you know, and he got some cracking pictures from it as well. You know, just like you said, it's just, it just has less moving parts. That, that's essentially, you know, technology's moved on a lot these days, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, around cameras. Uh, Zach has asked, I wonder if there's a, is a meaning beyond this. Uh, what about SD cards? How many would you take and do you back up your footage on the track? <laughs> he's why why is asked, he saying that? He's probably just asked me that because I'm, he probably thinks I'm unlikely to tell him in any other capacity. <laughs> get, get it out, get it out in here. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a good question, actually. And normally, um, I got, so my camera has two SD card slots. Um, nice. And so I, I set it up so that it, records to both at the same time yeah um so automatically i've got a backup um what i'm looking at at the moment is a way of and i don't i haven't figured this out yet but it's basically a way of connecting a hub to my phone which i can then plug a an h a hard drive into and then my okay. sd card into and then use my phone to transfer and back up the footage nice. at the end of each day I'll, I'll dump all the footage with video it's a bit more in well i mean it's important for both but the file sizes yeah. on video is a lot are a lot bigger um so it's harder to transfer via wi-fi for example because the files yeah. are so big if it's um yeah otg connector yeah um if and it's always on it <laughs> if it's just if it's just um like just photos if it's photos you're transferring um yeah. you might find that again like this this camera has got uh the ability to connect directly to your phone um and transfer across via wi-fi yeah via, like a closed closed network um so that's a really for photography that's a really great way of backing up at the end of the day is connect your phone up to your your camera if it's got that capability um and and, and transfer your photos across to your phone and then you can do whatever you can upload them to Google Drive, or whatever. And then you're kind of like doubly sure that you've got backups. Um, nice. So that's that's the easiest way. Um, and I, a lot of the time, newer cameras they've all got that kind of even point and shoot things. I think a lot of them have got that Wi-Fi capability um, because yeah, they have they? relatively simple software and it's yeah easily done. So nice. Um, um, yeah, Shona makes a good point as well. Um, yeah, it's a cracking point actually, because as much as we we get out there and we train with our you know packs on the back and getting the mileage you know in the training, um, she's all about training carrying your camera too. Um, yeah, which I know seems quite obvious, but it's a good point, uh, isn't it? You know how are you going to carry it? Eight hours around your neck takes its toll. Yeah, it certainly does. Like Steve, I know when we go out hiking and you, you you're sort of in and out, isn't it? Really, you're not holding it as such be a trade yeah um well when it depends really like when we're on an actual kind of project filming uh i'll pretty much have my camera in my hand all the time but yeah. i don't necessarily wear a neck um like a uh what are they called uh the thing that goes around your neck i know what you mean yeah that um the thing that shall that not be named it. Um, I think it's a strap, right? That's the one, yeah. Strap. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I don't really use use one of them. I've either got my phone, my camera attached to my monopod, <laughs> or I'm just shooting handheld. Strap, yeah. yeah, thanks. We got there before you. 
Um, <laughs> strap, strap, lanyard. Wow, that's that's thanks, like, guys. That's Appreciate it. Literally, um, this is strap heaven, right? Anyway, uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm holding my camera most of the time, and I'm kind of like swapping between GoPro and camera and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah it's interesting but i if i'm if i'm mainly doing photography i will pretty much um yeah have the camera in my bag and then get it out when i want to take it um so that's that's good but also you can get um if you've got a relatively light camera you, yeah. you can you can get mounts that will attach to your bag and stuff like that so that you don't necessarily carry it on but it kind of a it attaches to your bag so the bag is that is it that's the, the bag, bag becomes, and then you just sort of like take it off and yeah, nice. click, click. um so i think we started something with a strap you know they yeah we're gonna like, we, we're, we're gonna have to do this every week now uh steve you started something i'd tell dave dave you must say strap today strap why is we that need up, we need to come up with a strap line for it oh <laughs> wow sorry. mate sorry, you, sorry, sorry. bad influence for you with these puns <laughs> I feel like you've taken over now, the pun king. <laughs> it's got to be done somewhere, mate. That is brilliant. That's brilliant. Strap line. Um, um, it's a strap, not a strap. <laughs> bingo. Here we go. Hey, here we go. I don't think um, it's called a bingo. We've already established it's called a strap. <laughs> uh, if I don't have any recommendations for boots, I have a bingo strap. Oh my god, brilliant. Um, yeah, Mendel boutons. Yeah. Definitely. I'll actually be looking. I'm going to get myself a brand new pair of Mendels. Because my other ones are, I've had for a number of years are battered. I actually think that um, Mountain Warehouse own own brand boots are probably the way to go. Really? No. I was, <laughs> I was going to say, um, I'm sure because what, what you wear Salomon's, don't you? Your Salomon GTX. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think of the ones you wore the last time we were out. I, I thought I bought those. Um, I bought those and go outdoors and yeah. we went into the shop we were talking to the guy and um he said we, we, i was like I need, I need a pair of boots that's suitable for everest base camp he's like oh, okay yeah these, these are some good reasons he said when, when are you going i said oh, i think we're leaving in a month he's like in a month you can't you can't buy brand new boots and then go trekking up to everest base camp in a month um certainly not was, recommended steve but um well it, it, it worked out it worked yeah. out right my feet are fine <laughs> You've already lost a couple of toes, didn't you? One, one yeah. nothing severe, like. No one needs all their toes anyway. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, the um, I think these days, yeah, because the old, the old, you know, the advice. I mean, oh yeah, we still we still say this. You know, you've got to wear in your your boots. But I think with technology has moved on a lot. You don't necessarily need loads and loads of time to wear in your boots these days, especially if they're well fitted. Um, <laughs> you know, Crocs are banned everywhere. <laughs> uh well Australia, there's plenty of plenty of crocs in australia um yeah that was my that was my turn steve uh <laughs> oh sorry that i did that went way Mate, that went over your head didn't it yeah. that one i've bitten off more than i can chew i think nice. um monopods i'm gonna i'm gonna throw monopods out there steve because i know you're a Sounds fan nice. of monopods on trips right i'm a fan of monopods Just or would you use life or would you use a tripod <laughs> this this is not a very um, good tripod so, yeah, so I mean, again, this is specific for video. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think monopods are fantastic because it's just that maneuverability. Like I'm moving around all the time. I'm I'm constantly looking for the next shot. 
um and stuff like that so and and it's literally kind of a case of get where i want to get to set up the shot press record go and then move on if i've got a tripod i'm having yeah. to like bring the legs out put put the tripod make sure it's level just so much so much other stuff to do um so as we're trekking having it as uh, on a monopod i can just adjust the height adjust that within a couple of moves and yeah, yeah. it's just so much and easier done. and quicker and then it's done yeah. and i'm not waste i'm not missing the shot because of it yeah um my newest camera uh is the stabilization on it is so good that actually a lot of the time i can get away without even using a monopod um and i can just sort of really so, yeah so you, you you've got to have Brilliant. the kind of the hand the handle handling on it right yeah. but even like zoomed in to sort of 105 mil um it sort of stabilizes it nicely nice um so i might not even really use a monopod much uh on the next trip we'll see how it goes but uh and then if i'm doing interviews i, I use a, a a tripod um again uh, this time around I, I might not actually use a tripod because i want to get more of a kind of fluid organic feel to it yeah, so yeah so if there's a bit of movement in the camera it just yeah. gives you that kind of feel of real life real life yeah so nice um, um a couple of questions <laughs> mick how did the rugby go at the weekend asking for bry yeah it was uh what well, was wasn't the best uh result um from a welsh perspective but uh any any french people out there congratulations um to all the rest yeah ireland played pretty well as well um but yeah it was a very um wasn't the best result from from a wales perspective uh good question from amanda though not camera related but what size bag do we take for the tubecal weekender um so yeah just um I'll, I'll tackle this one steve i think with um the tubecal weekender definitely the same if you're in in terms of um you know say your day pack uh which i think is what you mean amanda if, if not you, um just clarify if it's like you know what in terms of like your duffel bag um it's very similar to the other treks you know anything from sort of 20 to 35 liters you know uh, carry your water carry your snacks you know carry um you know your down jacket you know maybe a pair of gloves um exactly the same process uh you know you you can go super light with it i don't think you need anything like crazily big so treat it the same as any other trip like um i know you, you know if you go out walking in the uk um you know the the, the basically the the same okay both so yeah so the day pack same 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 with your duffel bag if you if you're bringing over a duffel bag and you want to leave some stuff for the um uh, the riad which you're staying in marrakesh um then yeah same uh you know 80 liters if you want to bring all your gear because you know you still want your boots you still want you know your sleeping bag you'll still want you know um, your fleeces your base layers your socks your underwear you know you still want your hats um you know your head torch your trekking pole, you know, all the stuff. Imagine if you go on like a base camp trip. I know it's only for a weekend, but you still need all the gear. So yeah, treat it the same, same. Um, I would. Um, have you, have you ever? I love Joel. Uh, I, 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 I did miss your um your stinking comment earlier as well. By the I way, which talks that, about yeah. the main old tans. Yes. Um, if you see a cloud over South Wales, that's probably my mainles. Um, and you can see it from about hundred miles away. So yeah, then you'll know that's my my boots um have you ever got back from a trek thinking you took a great picture and messed it up um loads of times <laughs> i this is an in this is a fact okay i've literally not once ever taken a bad photo what really no that's, <laughs> no i've taken many um 
I yeah, I have, but then I, you learn every that every photographer does. I, I think yeah. at the time it looks great and everything, and you look back on it, oh, the composition's not quite right, or like there's there's just yeah. something in the bottom left corner which is just in the shot that really shouldn't be. Um, but you learn it, but I think that's that's important. You, yeah, you learn from it, yeah. don't you? And you, you look at it and you go, well, what could I have done differently? Um, and quite often you can do something with it. Yeah, you can try and save um, it. I mean. Sometimes as well, it's, it's it's whether you enjoy the picture or not, you know. I don't, it's, I don't memory, you know? it's not. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not always about is this yeah. a fantastic picture. It's just like oh, I, <laughs> I remember taking that. It was when we were doing this. That was really fun. Yeah. Like it, not every photo has to be super amazing. Perfect. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certainly a room for it. You know, a lot of photographers who were on the um, Iceland trip. You know, they they do it for a job as well, and they're professionals, and you know they've got a certain standard, but. I think one thing I soon learned was sometimes a picture reminds you of a certain time of a, of a moment. And like there was one particular one where we, um, you know, chatting about um, Iceland again, but essentially the weather had been nuts. And we'd gone to this one location. It was like 40, 50 miles an hour winds. And we were on a beach. So the sand was like in our eyes. And literally I came off looking like a member of Kiss and um, literally like, like looked like I was wearing mascara and stuff. And, but it was the sand and it was brutal. It actually got in the camera and broke my SLR. So I had to borrow somebody else's, which is, yeah, enough story. Um, but just going through that and then up for sunrise, we went to this one location literally three days in a row. But then on the last day, and we set up early and we, we got the composition right, you know, because again, I was listening to these people who knew what they were doing. And I got the, the composition, it was all there. And then the Northern Lights kicked off and I got the picture I wanted. And but now I, I don't necessarily just look at it because it's a beautiful picture, but I look at it and then I remember those three days on actually how difficult it was to get that one picture, you know. So sometimes if you're taking a picture, whether it be over a space camp, whether you know you're hugging people at base camp, high five on Killy, you know, it's sometimes that that it could be a video, it could be a 10 second video, and yet that captures the moment, could be a still image, but then it tells a story in its own right. And I think whether it's right or wrong. It still captures that story you know what i mean yeah, absolutely and even uh, like even professional photographers for every every one photo you see of theirs there's probably about 500 yeah. you don't exactly so, yeah, yeah, yeah it's building the shots building the shots um right steve mate yeah we've uh wow we over an hour already it's been amazing today mate thanks for coming on and talking um you know about everything today i, I hope if you're watching you found it useful and we've you know we um yeah we've provided you know some value um, Steve, I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been yeah, fun. it's been really great. Thanks for having me. Um, I was just going to say, if anyone has got any further questions or anything, um, yeah. I'm in the group, so just, you know, if I can answer any questions, I don't know the answer to everything, but I can try and help. Legend. Steve. Nice one. Cheers, Steve. Uh, yeah, drop drop a drop a question in the in the high altitude Trackers group. I'm sure Steve will be there. Um, <laughs> Joel Palmer, Andy, great words. Have you ever thought about starting an adventure company? Um, yeah, one day I will. One day. <laughs> um, right. Cheers, Steve. Um, yeah, I'll chat to you soon. Thanks, everyone. And Evertrekkers, I will uh, see you. Um, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Dave's back next week. Um, yeah, looking forward to it as always. But have a wonderful week ahead. We'll catch you soon. Bye. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in. But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> thanks mate thanks now if uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs>